Hey guys, it's Sean. Welcome back to the Lo-Fi Tech Podcast, where we talk about all things tech and life and all this stuff. Um, it's been a really long time since I recorded anything. And uh, it's funny because the last episode I talked about how I was going to like I'm back and I'm going to continue. But I guess life just happened. My wife and I started our business, uh, mainly revolving around her art brand. Um I'll be probably I'll probably talk about a lot of that later and all the developments of it because I am coding the uh, entire uh, website and e-commerce site, you know, front, back, everything by myself, which has been a challenge. But um, yeah, I am back today. I, this time around, I'm not going to make any promises of regular episodes uh, at this point. Um, in my in my life or in my work and everything going on, um, it's kind of hard for me to be consistent. Um, so I'm pretty much just going to be recording stuff when I feel like I have something to talk, talk about. Um, and today I will be reflecting on every single job I've had and why I think they were important or why they matter to me. Um I'm 28 now and I'm turning 29 later this year and holy, uh, when I think about it, it's crazy because I've been working, I've been pretty much working nonstop for the past 10 to 11-ish years. Um, and I just started thinking about every single job that I've worked uh, while I was working the other day. <laughs> I was sitting at a cafe working and um, just the year 2022 was kind of just thinking about the year 2022 was kind of crazy because that means it's, you know, literally for the past decade, I've, I've been nonstop working and had, without a break. And uh, it just when I was a kid, I would look up to people um that were 25 plus years old. And I thought like, wow, they're so much older. They're so mature. Um, I wonder what my life's going to be like when I get there. And I, I'm 28 now. I'm almost, I'm turning 29 this year. I'm almost 30. And it's, I definitely did not expect whatever this is, whatever. I, I could never have predicted what my life turned out to be. Um, but I, a lot of that, a lot of my life lessons um, or whatnot um, came through my experience in the workforce, working all different kinds of jobs. Um, and yeah, let's uh, let's take a trip back to 2011. Um, so 2011, well, I started my senior year of high school. I hadn't graduated yet, but. I started my senior year of high school and it was time for college applications. And uh, I knew I was a terrible student. Um, I had pretty average grades and a really average SAT score. Um, I, I, think, I think I got like an 1865. I only took it once. And, you know, my parents had this weird thing where they didn't want to send me uh, to a school out of state. Um, and that was mostly because, you know, they knew me well and they felt like I wouldn't 
focus, I guess. Like they felt like I would have just partied or whatever. And honestly, in all fairness, they were probably right. Um, I was a pretty reckless and, um, uh, yeah, I was just a reckless kid. I didn't think things through, uh, well, uh, yeah, I still struggle with that today, I believe. Um, but definitely when I was younger, I, I could tell the difference of how crazy I was. Um, and you know, m me at the time, I of course wanted to get out of California. Uh, I wanted to go out of state, try something new, experience something new. Um, so I, I only applied to colleges outside of California. Um, and most of that honestly was because I was pretty lazy. <laughs> I didn't want to write like new essays for, uh, UCs in California, like university of California schools, like UCLA, UC Berkeley, UCI, all that, all those schools. So those schools required you to write like two essays. You had to take uh, outside, apart from the SAT, you had to take like the SAT twos and, and whatnot. Um, and I definitely didn't want to take any more tests. I hated, I hated it. I didn't want to study. Um, so yeah, I applied to out of state schools. You know, I got into some pretty good schools. Uh, surprisingly, I think I got into like Temple University in Philly. Um, and I, I got into Emory in Georgia and, you know, they're not like Ivy League schools or anything. And there's no way I could have gone to any of those, but, um, I thought they were pretty decent. And, you know, I, I asked my parents after I got accepted to these schools, like, can I please go? But they still were adamant, um, about not sending me to any school outside of California. And they were obviously pissed that I didn't apply to any school in, uh, California, either. So they wanted me to just go to like a junior college here, a community college, and then, um, you know, transfer to a UC, uh, which was pretty typical of a lot of the people that I grew up around. Um, that a lot of people around me, a lot of my friends, a lot of the people I grew up with, they all either went to a UC or, um, uh, you know, transferred to a UC. And the only people that left the state to, for college were the ones that got into like Ivy league schools. So that was kind of the environment that I grew up around. Um, but I didn't want to do that. Um, I wanted to experience the world or I guess experience life a different way. Um, I've kind of always been like that. So it was clear to me that the only way to you know, do things my own way, uh, was through the military. And, you know, I, I thought it was all good. Uh, I was always fond of service members growing up. Um, I respected them. I, I think it's because I knew, I personally knew people, um, that were in the military growing up and, uh, you know, they always had a, you know, strong character, uh, you know, people of integrity, and I wanted to be like that. So I had no problem visiting the recruiter's office. So that's what I did. Um, didn't tell my parents. I just went alone, um, signed up. And that leads me to job number one, uh, which was being a soldier in the United States Army. I became a human intelligence collector. Uh, funny story about that, though. Uh, I originally wanted to be in some type of combat role. Um, so my original role actually was a combat engineer 
And um, that was my first contract, my original contract. And uh, my, you know, once my parents found out, my dad, like, well, I first told my dad and because um, my dad was kind of the only, I knew that he would be kind of chill with it. Like I, I knew that my dad would respect my decision um, to do something like that. So I told him first and he begged me to please change my, my job um, from to do anything else but combat um, or a combat engineer, just anything else that didn't have the word combat in it. Cause he knew that my mom would freak the fuck out. Um, and I really didn't want to, but you know, he, he like literally begged me to change it. He was convincing me for like an hour straight. So I was like, all right, fine. Um, so I managed to speak with the recruiters, work with them. And, uh, eventually, um, through a bunch of going through a bunch of different options, I got the role of, or I had the opportunity to, um, become a human intelligence collector, which is what I did. It was a eight year contract. Um, and pretty much to sum it up, uh, easily, it was a two year active six year reserve contract and yeah that was my first job and let me tell you the army definitely changed my life um apart from discovering what the human body is capable of um and you know learning the limits of the human body and the mind i learned a lot about responsibility um like personal responsibility of my own actions and how my actions can affect me and those around me. Um, but I think most importantly, I met some of the best and worst, but some of, but mostly the best people, um, in the entire world from all walks of life, literally all kinds of people. Um, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before in, in another episode, but, um, yeah, I just meeting those people and being exposed to their way of thought and um, their way of life definitely opened my mind to different, uh, I guess, a different perspective of how life could be. Because I personally grew up in a bubble in Southern California, and it wasn't exactly the geographical location that made it a bubble, but the people that I was always surrounded by. Um, Southern California is super, super diverse and you can get, you definitely can get like all different types of cultures and whatever here, but, um, you know, me specifically and the way my family was and the way my parents wanted to raise, uh, me and my siblings, we were always around other, you know, Korean Americans that I was always around Korean Americans that like had, that were raised to believe a certain um, be believe a certain, I guess, or buy into a certain way of life to reach success. Um, because their definition of success here, uh, you know, is you graduate high school, go to a good college, you get a, you know, good nine to five, make a lot of money, put money in a 401k, retire at 65, or if you're lucky, you know, retire if you're when you're like 55. Um, so that was what was ingrained in me and the people around me. 
Um, we all believe that that was the only pathway to life or success. And, um, you know, the only problem I had with that growing up was that there are so many people on this planet. <laughs> There's so many people in California, let alone the US and the world. Like, how can every single person do that? Um, and how many people actually even want to do that? Because I definitely wasn't one of them. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, that, that, I think that, oh, that thought, like that problem I had with it contributed to the fact that I just was a terrible student. Um, I didn't really care for that. Um, and when I joined the army, it kind of confirmed the problem that I had with that, that culture, I guess, or that path to success. Cause you know, the people that I met there, not every single person that I met in the army had like was raised with this, that similar framework for success. And, um, you know, these were some of the most intelligent, smart, just kind, compassionate people I had ever met. And I saw that they were happy, um, joyful and successful in their own way. Uh, it didn't matter how much money they had. Uh, didn't matter how much, uh, I guess experience outside of where they're from. They had, I guess I'm trying to frame this properly or put it into words. Um, so forgive me. It's, it's kind of hard to do it, but basically, um, they're, they just kind of opened my eyes to a different way of looking at life or looking at what success could mean. And, um, I was super grateful for that. Uh, I had never experienced that before. Um, so it was really good to get out of my bubble, um, of, you know, comfortable Southern California and, uh, see that, you know, I had the great privilege and luck of being born into parents that, you know, worked super hard and earned everything they had from ground up, like literally from poverty to upper middle class. Um, so much so that I, I, I never grew up worrying about money ever. Um, and just growing up in a society or a culture like that kind of narrows your view a lot, I think. Um, so leaving all of this and going into the army and, and meeting all different kinds of people and, and getting close with them, um, no matter where they're from, what they look like, uh, you know, what, you know, they've experienced in life. It, it just kind of opened everything up, uh, for me. It was like a box exploded and I got to see outside of it. So, um, that's how the, that's pretty much how the army changed my life. Um, I, that's when I confirmed to myself pretty much that I don't need to follow the conventional quote unquote conventional pathway to success to be happy or be successful in general in life. Um, and I wanted to, that gave me like a motivating drive, uh, to prove to my, to my parents or my family or to everyone around me that I don't have to, you know, follow that path. Like I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to be happy. I'm going to, I'm going to 
do something, do something with it. I'm going to make something of it. Um, so that's what the army taught me. And that's, uh, why it was super important. All right. So two years of my active service basically go by. I'm back home now. Um, and of course my parents immediately want me to go to school, uh, to college. And, uh, you know, even though I didn't want to, um, they're still my parents and I was living under the roof. So I, I grudgingly obliged, which I probably shouldn't have, um, because at the end of the day, I, I knew that it wasn't for me it, and while doing it, I definitely knew it wasn't for me. And I, I left drops out of school and, um, you know, it, the whole experience was just a waste of time and money. Uh, but, um, now, you know, I, I, after I came back from the army, like I knew what it felt like to actually earn my own money, um, with through hard work. So I didn't want to ask my parents for any money. And, um, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I never asked them for any money. Um, when, once I came back ever, um, it's kind of hacky and cheating though. Cause you know, I did stay at their home for free. I didn't, I didn't pay rent and I, did, I, you know, I got to do laundry and, um, I got to do laundry and get, I got food for free. But besides that, I didn't ask for like cash from them. Um, so I knew I had to get a, a job now cause you know, being in the reserves, you don't get paid that much. Um, and it definitely wasn't as much as I was getting paid when I was full-time army. So my job number two, uh, I was, I became a, a dishwasher and food prep in the kitchen for a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Um, that didn't last a long time. I only worked there for four months, but, uh, it was definitely a valuable lesson. Um, while I was in that job, I, it that job was just a lot of tough grunt work. Uh, it was very physical doing a lot of dishes, crunch time or rush hour. You know, you have all these damn dishes to do all this food to prepare um weighing the noodles cutting the right portions of the chicken all this stuff like it was crazy um it was definitely tough one of the one, honestly one of the hardest jobs i've ever had um not because the tasks were difficult but because but because it was just soul sucking like it felt so it it, it was i don't know it, i have respect for everyone in the you know, service industry and the restaurant and industry and whatnot. It just, it's tough. Um, I learned how hard it was to, to just put your head down and grind, um, grind in something that you don't necessarily enjoy doing. Um, and I considered my time at that working at that Chinese restaurant, like pretty much a failure actually, because, um, I gave up, like it, it was one of those things that I give up and I was able to, I was able to afford to give up. And I was fortunate uh, enough to, uh, be able to give that up. Um, you know, I just, I found a job at a different place, but it's that restaurant taught me that, well, first of all, I need to respect everyone that works at a restaurant, servers, all that stuff. That's what, ever since I, I worked there, that's when I started tipping really well. 
um, at every, no matter what restaurant I go to, uh, just cause like I learned the value or I learned how hard it was. Um, and that job also taught me that like, even though I can do that job well, it, it's just not something that I thought was worth my t- time. And it sounds very like privileged and demeaning. Um, and I, I'm not trying to be like that. I, I'm just trying to be truthful and honest. And I really felt like I personally was able to do something more meaningful to myself and more meaningful and to society in, in a contribution factor. Um, if I did something else, um, especially cause I was working in the back kitchen, I barely interacted with any guests or anything like that. So it was just me hustling in the back. Um, and though it wasn't important, though it was a important role, it, I knew that it just wasn't for me. Like, um, the paycheck wasn't enough. I was making $8 an hour, which was, um, uh, the minimum wage at the time, which is kind of crazy. Cause I, I, I heard right now the minimum wage is like, like 15 or $16 and it's only been like almost 10 years or something or no, like eight years, uh, since I was there. So pretty crazy, but yeah, I was making eight, eight bucks an hour, um, to working there part-time and it was the, one of the hardest jobs I ever had. Um, but there I knew that instead of putting all my effort into this, I, I should, I should try to gain or do something, um, with skills that I find to be more valuable to my future. Cause that, like, I definitely didn't want to stay in the restaurant business my whole life. And I knew that from the beginning. Um, so yeah, I considered it a summer job. I worked there just throughout the summer, four months and I left. And once I left, um, I knew that I had to get another job and I started inter- interviewing like crazy. So as you know, I didn't have a college degree at the time. Um, so I was really looking for anyone to give me a chance. And I interviewed at a bunch of businesses for like these menial task roles, like a bunch of administrative roles, like anything to get my foot in the door. Um, because I knew that, you know, I knew that like, even though I don't have a college degree, I could at least bring hard, like extreme hard work. Um, and discipline and I have a super, I have good attention to detail, you know, all the things that I gained from the military. Um, I probably should have, you know, tried to utilize my credentials from the military, especially after working in intelligence for a long time. But, um, I, I just, I was just looking for anything. So I, I, you know, I did a bunch of interviews, um, interviews with tech companies, interviews with hardware tech companies, interviews in warehouses, like just anywhere. And I failed like every single one of them. Um, the only place that actually, you know, gave me an offer was, um, a, uh, juice shop, a juice, like smoothie shop. Um, and, uh, you know, even though I didn't want to work in the food industry again, I did take it. Um, so, you know, to my surprise, I actually really, really, really enjoyed working at the juice shop, uh, the smoothie shop, mainly because my role there 
uh, you know, you're obviously making, you know, acai bowls and smoothies and juices or whatever, but my role there revolved around, you know, interacting with customers, you know, making sure that they're satisfied, blah, 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 blah. And I actually really enjoyed talking to people. Um, I had gotten good at talking to people, um, uh, through my experience in the, in the army. And, uh, you know, I just really enjoyed it. And, um, that's where I learned that it's really important to like customer service uh, experience. I th- in my opinion is really important just like, cause technically it's kind of like networking. Um, even though it doesn't turn into anything, you know, you're literally just serving them, um, uh, you know, a product, uh, a smoothie in my case, but if you do it, if you're going to do it, you, you want to do it well. And, um, me doing that job and, you know, serving customers well, you know, I, I made good connections, good friends. Um, you know, a lot of the regulars, I was able to just speak casually with them. Um, I got to know them very well. Um, and, uh, it was, it was a really good gig. Um, I, I was there for like a year and a half actually. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the only reason why I left actually was because, uh, through one of the people that I met, um, while working at the juice shop, one of the regulars, um, I was, I learned about an opportunity through a, a college, um, like a veteran, uh, business, it was like a veteran business program, um, internship type program. And, uh, that customer, that regular thought it'd be a great opportunity for me. Cause you know, we had gotten to know each other. So she, um, told me about it and I was like, Oh, like I'll check it out. It was a paid internship. Um, and yeah, I, after, you know, working at the, ju- the smoothie shop for a year and a half, I learned of this only because of the connections that I made through working at that smoothie shop, um, through one of our customers. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a great opportunity to kind of get my foot in the door in business or like in another field. So I left the smoothie shop, um, and I went to do that and it was, it was awesome. Um, it was like a good three to four, three or four months of doing an internship over the summer. And, um, it was extremely valuable because I got to kind of work in different industries so what this program did was actually put you um or link you up with different industries all over um southern california like around and uh it was cool because i got to see from the ground up how companies operated so i learned a lot about operations um i learned about say you know the value of meetings uh the value of accountability um and as a bonus, you know, they paid me and, um, they gave us like tickets to, to Disneyland, which was cool. Um, and, uh, one of the, or the, I think the most valuable thing that I learned or that I got received during that internship was, um, mock interviewing. So I myself had a lot of interviewing experience through the military because, you know, I was a human intelligence intelligence collector and my, my job was to interview people or interrogate people. 
So um, I thought it would be pretty easy, but uh, you know, when we did the mock interviews through this business internship program, um, I, you know, discovered that being the one interviewed is a lot different. So, you know, we would do like eight mock interviews per week, which is a lot. And, um, I got to practice my interviewing skills with different companies, like real companies. Um, it was crazy because two of the companies that I, that I did mock interviews with actually offered me real positions at their jobs. And, um, I think this was 20, this has to have been like 2014, 15 ish, but I was stupid and I didn't take them because I was stupid. I was 22, three, four. I don't know. I don't know how old I was, but I was stupid. And I just didn't, I wanted to keep on playing. Like I just, I waste, I blew that opportunity and I just wanted to play and drink and have party and have fun and stuff, which is what I did. Um, I regret that the most. Um, but pretty much, uh, after that internship program was over, um, I left and, uh, I started working at a smoke shop, like a vape smoke shop, uh, because it was a super easy job. Um, I was able to work part-time and then I was able to party. So I did that for about like two years. Um, and I can't say I learned like too much working from working that job. Um, like it was definitely easy, you know, you just sit there and help people come in, select what kind of vaporizer they want to use or what kind of nicotine delivery device they want to use. Um, and yeah, to, to me, the way I thought of it was just easy money. Uh, Obviously a dead end job. I knew that, but I just didn't really care at the time. It was just easy money. Uh, didn't think much of it. Just sit there, uh, talk to people. Um, you know, it was a cool networking opportunity. Met a lot of interesting people, but uh, yeah, it's it's not much, right? It's, it's a dead end job. Everyone knows that. I knew that, um, but it didn't really hit me until I was there for like almost two years. And by that point, a lot of my friends from my childhood were uh, finishing their degrees at university and getting like quote unquote real jobs and starting their careers. And I was still there working at the vape shop. I could have started my um, career technically earlier, but I had made the stupid choice to just play. Um, so blew that opportunity. And once my friends started getting their jobs and starting their careers and whatnot, I was like, holy crap, like time is tight. I'm, you know, hitting, I think I was 24, 25 or something like that. Um, no, I was, I was 23, 24 and, um, I knew I needed to do something, to do something different. Um. So, you know, what I did was I just, I knew I needed to make a change. So I started looking for a job that I, that I could actually turn into a career. Um, I knew I didn't have a degree, but I knew I had a set of skills that were pretty niche that not many people had, um, through my credentials in the military. So, um, you know, there's only so much I could do 
I knew that I could be a good investigator. So um, I had through connections, I um, got hired as a private investigator. Um, and I worked for a large national firm that did that. And uh, through them, I was licensed as a private investigator and, you know, worked on a bunch of different cases. And you know what? I, you know, like, I think that that there's so much to unpack there, actually. Um, and I feel like this episode is going to go way longer if I try to do all my jobs at once, because I've had a lot of jobs. Um, so I think I, in terms of talking about the different jobs I've had, I'll end it here. Um, so, so far we've talked about after immediately finishing high school, I joined the army, um, learned what I learned there. And then I worked a myriad of different, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Sorry, myriad of uh, different minimum wage jobs. You know, it was the Chinese restaurant. It was the smoothie shop and it was the smoke shop. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's so much to unpack in the next few jobs that I've had where I'll, I'll do, I'll make a part two of it. Cause I think I want to actually think of, think it through um because yeah i didn't really plan this episode really i just kind of started recording um but yeah my career started at, at the next job at the job as a private investigator um and there's a lot to unpack there but i actually will talk about that in the next episode so um i know this episode is kind of haphazard, kind of all over the place. Um, but I, I just had this, this thought in my head, um, about the past decade of my life and I wanted to talk about it. So, um, if you, if you made it this far in the episode, thanks for listening. Um, I know I'm kind of just rambling on, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> don't know what else to say. This, this, this is the, I think this is about the, maybe the 10th episode I've done on this podcast overall. Um, and instead of putting like a pressurized like schedule for myself, I think I'm just going to make or talk, uh, record an episode whenever I feel like it. Um, I think that kind of relieves a lot of the pressure and, kind of allows me to focus on actual topics to talk about versus me like feeling like I'm obligated to push something out. Um, but yeah, this is the first part of every single job that I've had and why they matter to me. So um, if you guys want to follow along, I or if you guys want to hear the next part, um, you can find it on Spotify, YouTube, or whatever platform you're listening on. I'm pretty much on all the, the podcast platforms. Um, and yeah, I will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.